0: Obviously, some are more main character energy, and some are more supporting character energy. This isn't either and, of
1: those things. This is like guest starring in a sitcom show. I don't need it.
0: You know, this is why I'm not married. Everyone's an idiot.
1: And I think there are flaws with the show. <laughs> Honestly, I thought Patty was very subtle. Really? I thought Patty was
0: was giving a subtle performance.
1: <laughs> Hi, everyone. And welcome back to After to Broadway, the podcast where we deep dive into anything and everything musical theater from the comfort of my car. I'm Tara. I'm Stefania. And in today's episode, I feel like this is much, much, much anticipated, specifically for you, Steph, but this was <laughs> something on our 2020 spreadsheet, and it finally happened. We're talking about company.
0: Phone rings, door chimes, in comes company. No strings, good times, just jumps company.
1: Before we talk about company, let's do some housekeeping because it's like been a bit since we've talked about things and things have changed. So, a couple episodes ago, we did our Anne Juliet episode and we pre recorded that. We've pre recorded a ton of episodes because. On day of release, I'm on vacation, so um, we pre-recorded a lot of stuff. And it just so happened that, as we said on that episode, we saw um, first preview of *Anne Juliet*. And that entire episode, we were speculating when it would go to Broadway. We knew it's pre-Broadway, but, but like, when is it happening? And then, literally a week later, we found out *Anne Juliet* is transferring to the Stephen Sondheim Theater. Wow, so fitting that that's See? where it's going.
0: <laughs> the the doubt fire, the doubt fire stuff is still on the theater right now.
1: Well it hasn't been closed for that long no.
0: but like rob mcclure's in our new show already so i know been, that's true it's been enough time
1: yeah um so Anne juliet is transferring to the stephen sondheim theater it starts previews october 28th and then it opens i'm pretty sure it's i think it's november 16th mid-november don't quote me on that um and that whole cast is going from what we understand which is so super exciting also, in that episode when we recorded, Steph had seen Anne twice. Now, as a collective podcast, Char is at Anne Juliet again tonight. We will have seen it nine times. <laughs> so, and we like the show a little bit. <laughs> when this episode is out, will it be closed here in Toronto? It will be closed. Okay, and so, so I would like no to use... congratulate them on a very successful Toronto pre
0: Broadway run. So, there's no use in complaining about the increasing rush prices?
1: I think we can, we can briefly complain about it because. I feel like I lied to everybody when I said that this ticket was $39. And then towards the end of the run, it moved up to $59. And now, I mean, we don't know. Maybe it will go up again by the time... Uh, by like, the end we're of the recording, We're recording on July 27th. This closes on August 14th. So I don't know if there's going to be another price increase. But it's currently sitting at $79 for a rush for ticket. For rush tickets.
0: For rush tickets. That's just not a rush price. As, as I did pay $79 rush for company. But they did offer $43 rush. Well, there, options. there are options there's Tears. no
1: there's no option for yeah. for this which is disappointing um i did reach out to ask if this was something that uh would go back to the way it was and the response was that this was um, not a mervish decision this is a producer's uh decision so this also kind of makes me think like what's going to be the rush price once it hits broadway
0: yeah, it's very odd. Maybe they won't do a rush. Maybe they'll do a lottery. They'll, they'll probably see what their sales are like.
1: Yeah. Um, so um, I do know that when it was announced, uh, there Today Tix was doing a special. All tickets were like $89. So Amazing. I don't know if that's still running, but I do know it's like pretty readily available. And if you want to hear our full thoughts on that, go listen to that episode. But also, like if you're going to be in New York, go see this cast because they're... Amazing. I want to yeah. take my brother to see it when we go to like visit him <laughs> in New York again, because I think he would enjoy. Um, sure. So funny, Like everyone that I've recommended it to has loved it. So I feel like that's a win for me. <laughs>
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Your yes. taste
1: is being proven. Exactly. Um, And then some more housekeeping. Steph just came back from New York. So how was your trip?
0: It was great. It was hot. It was really hot. <laughs> It was a whirlwind. You know, we got it on Friday morning. We flew out Sunday night. So we were there one full day, honestly. Okay, so in order of um, what you saw, give us the weekend. Okay, so the weekend. The weekend. Friday night. um, Thursday, I'm just running errands, getting ready to go. My dad texts me and says... No, go
1: back. Let's talk about your mom texting you on Thursday. And the drama
0: that I was pulled into. Oh, (laughs) she's going to listen to this. (laughs) My mom texts me a link on Thursday. Yeah. From Broadway I mean, Direct. From Broadway Direct. It's just says like Broadway Direct's success. So I'm thinking, my mom won the lottery. It was mm-hmm. like 2.30. My mom won a lottery. So I'm texting her, which lottery is it? What's happening? What's going on? I, I can't open the link. The link's not working. Yeah, I can't do it. I'm, like, at the mall. I'm, like, trying to do something. I'm, like, texting Tara. I'm, like, I think my mom won a lottery, but I don't know what it is. The link's not working. So I was, like, so send she- me
1: the link because I'm on, like, a desktop computer. Like, maybe it's you're at
0: the mall and there's, like, no connection. Like, send me the link. She's
1: I open it, in. nothing.
0: <laughs> I give her, like, my mom's, like, account information for Lucky Seat. Um, she's, logging in. she's like, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. Anyway, I finally get a hold of my mom. I call her. And she's, like, oh, you know, six... Texted me saying that I successfully entered the lottery, and I was like, "Great, okay, no problem." <laughs> I'm hang out. The way I was
1: about to purchase these tickets for you because I was like, "You have sixty minutes. Like, there's no yeah. time."
0: We yeah, thought it exactly. would
1: be the options
0: we online, narrowed it down. Online, were, not lucky seat, but
1: it's, yeah, we're, si- we're, it's we're six. and probably M. Yeah, we're six and MJ, because I was like, you didn't enter Aladdin, you didn't enter Beetlejuice, no. like, you didn't enter all of these, there's only two options here. I think the here. confusion
0: is because I just entered everything for my parents, I was with my parents, I entered everything for my parents, I didn't involve yeah. them really, yeah, yeah. I just I just entered everything for my parents. Right. Um. So then, there's actually quite the lottery saga this week. I know! <laughs> <laughs> because then, about an hour later, I'm still in the car, my dad texts me, and he's like, I got a text from Into the Woods. And I'm like... Like, no context, that's it. I'm like, you won? <laughs> buy them. Buy them. I call him. I'm like, you need to buy them. And he's like, oh, how many? I'm like, you can only buy two. You can only buy two. Just buy two. Uh, but we're three people. Just buy two. We'll figure <laughs> it out. Okay. Also, when you texted me, I was like,
1: is this another <laughs> like successful entry? Like,
0: <laughs> No, so, for real this time. Dad bought the two Into the Woods water tickets. So that means on Friday night, I saw it Into the Woods. Amazing. Um, before I talk about Into the Woods as Into the Woods ended, so my parents ended up sitting in the box seats, which are the lottery seats, and I sat in a single ticket that we bought um, somewhere else. And after the show was over, my mom comes out upset because she's like, we won the Moulin Rouge lottery and we didn't see it until now. So, (laughs) truly what a weekend. So they they ended up seeing Moulin Rouge the next day, but not on lottery tickets, which they had won.
1: Okay, before Um, you go through your thoughts,
0: just give us the full So the weekend, Friday night... Into the Woods. Saturday afternoon, brand new musical, Between the Lines. Um, Off-Broadway. 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 A second stage theater. Um, Saturday night, the reason for the season, company, Broadway, <laughs> company on Broadway, and it's second to last week. Yeah. And finally, Sunday matinee, as I, so it was at three o'clock, our flight was at eight, so, and the show started like 20 minutes late, so There's as risk. the show was ending, I literally, I was the first person out of the theater. I was the first person out of that theater, and I run back to the hotel. <laughs> Um, the band was still playing the outro. I never. And you leave. still
1: managed to get a
0: curtain call video. <laughs> I know the band, like the band, was still playing. I never leave when the band is playing the outro because I like, I like it. I like. You it. Clap at I the was, end. I was that first person out of the theater. I was down the street. The band is still playing <laughs> a strange loop. Strange loop on And then yeah. your parents saw Moulin Rouge on Saturday as well. Yeah, on Saturday afternoon they saw Moulin yeah. Rouge. Um, and on Sunday afternoon they saw the play That Goes Wrong off Broadway. So a. Through, true Theatre Field Weekend. True okay. field Weekend.
1: So, like we did with my rankings of New York Theatre, um, I want to know what was your favorite, and then what was the, like, most recommended? And, like, same question, I guess, for your mom. Sorry to Peter if you're listening, but, like, we know you fell asleep
0: during these shows. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, they're long. We were tired... Dad was not... Did not (laughs) have the energy for the weekend. Okay? Um, But I also wanted to
1: guess, like, your mom's ranking. So I don't know how we do this properly. Okay. Um, my
0: rankings... uh, Let me start at the bottom. Let me start at the bottom. I think this is, like... Wait, let me guess. Let me guess. Okay.
1: Okay, at the bottom, I would say, is between the lines. Correct.
0: Between the lines. That does not mean it was bad. I have many thoughts on it, but it is the clear bottom. Okay.
1: Next. I'm like, what did you see? Um... Ooh, this is hard between Into the Woods, A Strange Loop, and Company.
0: I I have to be honest, these three were all amazing. Every, like, really, like, amazing shows. So it's really hard, but I did come up with a ranking. I want to say next is A Strange Loop.
1: Incorrect. Into the Woods. Into the Woods is the next one. And that's crazy because it was amazing um also wow day of recording july 27th into the woods just announced an extension um eight more weeks at the saint james they're now closing in october Um, do you think it's going to extend longer i heard january so i I think maybe and also see how this run goes i saw a tweet today Um, which is very reminiscent of our last episode, Chicago. Someone was like, stunt cast it up. I'm ready for it. Do
0: it. Do yeah. it. I, I mean, I'll talk about it Into the Woods. It's
1: pretty, later, it's pretty stunt casted right now, but like stunt cast it up. I also would like to personally congratulate you on seeing Gavin Creel in a show.
0: Finally. It was the moment. <laughs> I thought he was going to be out. I really thought he was going to be out because he's starting on Sunday. Um, yeah. Cheyenne Jackson took over for him for 10 days. So I really thought he was not going to be there. And yeah. he was there in his platinum blonde hair and everything. Yeah. Sadly, Sarah Bareilles was out, but she was sick the whole week. But she's back. She was back last night. Yeah. Um, but and then she, the, the understudy was wonderful. She was truly wonderful. Um, and then a strange loop and then company. Yes, that's that's the pretty standard okay. ranking. Your mom's ranking. So my just to recap, my mom saw Into the Woods. She saw Moulin Rouge. She saw Company. She saw the play that goes wrong. What a weekend! So, so I think there's a clear bottom for mom the, as well. The play that goes wrong. That is the clear bottom for mom. Correct. But did she enjoy it? I just need to know personally. She did not. She did (gasps) not.
1: Oh my god! But we gave like such high praise.
0: We did. She. We're in the taxi on the way to the hotel. She throws the play ball. She's like, "What did you send me to? Oh
1: my god! Wow, that makes me sad. I love the play that goes wrong. Me too. I really thought
0: they would like it. But I guess like
1: after seeing everything that she saw, like that is yeah.
0: She said they were in the second row so sometimes they thought they were going to like hit by debris flying <laughs> That's up. funny. And I'm like how is everyone else in the audience reacting? She's like eating it up. And I'm like exactly. So you're right. the weird one.
1: <laughs> oh my god. I love That was like literally what a throwback. That was like one of our I think it was our second episode we talked literally, about the plays I loved that show. I would see it again. It was so funny. Yeah.
0: It was so funny.
1: Okay, so clear bottom. I'm so sorry that she didn't like that. I feel like I, I'm also feel a little responsible for that
0: because I was like, they would love too. it. <laughs> I was like, it's so fun. And yeah, I'll talk about it later. But yeah, it, I, I think that it was a good recommendation, but it just did not, did not work. Wow. out. But okay. Um.
1: Okay. Next, I would say, um, Moulin Rouge. Correct. Which is, like, shocking to me, but, like, it's fine. I'm over but, it. I I'm, was wounded, but I'm over it.
0: <laughs> she she came back to the hotel because we saw separate things. She came back to the hotel being like, you know, it was great. I have notes, but it was great, you know? And I'm We like, all have notes. Just, there are notes to have. But we look past. Yeah, it, they're really not important. Which is actually notes. so
1: funny because my parents saw Moulin Rouge the, the weekend before, literally, like, a week before um, with my brother. And my brother, who doesn't see a lot of theater, a very quiet person, was like, I think that's the best thing I've ever seen. Wow. Yeah.
0: Um, Just this, like, spectacle. Sure. My parents were also second row um, yeah, mezzanine. Yeah, my parents and Tyler were fourth row Center. mezzanine. Yeah. And also, this is an interesting thing. Um, so the top two are clearly, like, Company and Into the Woods. But she said she doesn't need to see those again, but she would see Moulin Rouge again. We love so, that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go on. What do you think was number two? What was number one for on.
1: I think number two
0: is Company. Number one is Into the Woods. Flop it. She said Company <gasps> was the best. Wow. We'll get to... She wasn't crazy about... She loved Act 1 of Into the Woods, and she did not like Act 2 of Into the Woods. What did I tell you? I knew this would happen. (laughs) Because Um, Act 2 is a completely different show. Act 2 is different. Act 2 is really, really different. Yeah. So, so, especially and Like, it's a really departure. So, yeah, that was kind of, I think, the reasoning.
1: Okay, so now the question of, um, we know your favorite was Company, but what's the one that you would recommend to
0: someone random on the street? Oh, this is really difficult I actually do still think the recommendation would be company wow um, I, which unfortunately you can't see um, yeah. I think a strange loop I don't think you can just recommend that to a rando um, it's just it's just a tough one which is why I'm like somewhat questioning its longevity on Broadway the whole time I was like I cannot believe this is on Broadway I cannot believe this is on Broadway Mm-hmm. in a great way but I was like I cannot believe it's here um so if I knew someone really well I might recommend it to them but I wouldn't be recommending it to like anyone yeah. um between the lines was fine like I wouldn't deter anyone but I wouldn't tell someone to like buy a full run sticker. to it right um both of these were really amazing I just love company and like a recommendation from me like I feel like it would tell people uh, things about me for me to recommend company to them maybe too personal. I mean, what a segue.
1: What a segue. Let's get into it. Um, Let's
0: go. (laughs) We will revisit New York, I'm sure, at the end of
1: this episode as we approach obsessions. Um, But yeah, so Company uh, closed on Broadway um, July 31st, uh, so about a month ago when this episode comes out. And I feel like when this was um, announced, it was like a little bit surprising. And also, immediately, you were like, I gotta go. Like I have to see this. Um, Mm -hmm. And I had read that... It was the producing team, like, trying to get ahead of what could be a very destructive, devastating fall and winter. So,
0: Mm. I get it. It's also going on tour, no? I mean, I think they've announced a plan to tour, but who knows if that ever, that doesn't always happen. It just doesn't always happen.
1: And also, like, we will talk about this in depth, but you can't bring that set everywhere.
0: Yeah, I'd be very curious about that giant box, what yeah. to do. Obviously, like, the trapdoor stuff you wouldn't do, which, yeah. like, a lot of shows get around that on tour, but that giant box is, I think, yeah. the biggest problem.
1: Um. Okay, so, Steph, since you are, like, the company um, aficionado, I feel like, lead this episode,
0: take it away. So, I think I want to start with kind of what we talk about every time we talk about a musical. Um, what was your first introduction to company? Or should I say mine, and then you can... I can
1: say it in one second. You were my
0: first introduction me. to company. It was me. Yeah, seriously, um, I I believe it. Um, that was what I thought, honestly, when I was like writing my notes for this episode.
1: It was being alive in the car, like being specifically.
0: Alive. That's the that's what the introduction was. Yeah, being alive was my first introduction to company. I can't. I don't know where. I do not know where I heard being alive for the first time. I could not tell you. It might have just been a random playlist, a YouTube rabbit hole. I don't know the first time I heard being alive. But I do know that, like, without knowing anything about the show or the context, like, I just immediately, like, loved that song. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I need to know more. It was also, like, the Raul Esparza recording, which, obviously, amazing. Yeah. Um, And I just, like, deeply, like, felt that song. And so I was like, what? I need to know more. I need to know more. Somebody crown me with love. Somebody force me to care.
1: Somebody let me come through, I'll always be there, as
0: frightened as you, to help us survive. Two filmed versions of *Company* that are available. One is the 2006 Broadway revival starring Rose Barza, the directed by John Doyle, and the other is the 2011 um, New York Philharmonic concert starring Neil Patrick Harris. And I took both of those on DVD out from my local public library, and I watched them like over and over and over again on TV. The John um, Doyle and that one. They all play instruments on stage, right? Right. That's kind of a John Doyle signature because Assassins, I think recent Assassins is as well. Yeah. Sweeney Todd, um, his revival was the actor musicians. And I think the metaphor of the actors in this production and of company playing the instruments and Bobby being the only one not to play until like that final moment works really, really well. And it's mm-hmm. also very black and white, it's very minimalist. What theater was it at? Because I was watching some clips of The video earlier, and I was like, "What theater is this?" I don't know. I'm on Wikipedia. I'm trying to find out. Do do do. The Barrymore, which I don't think I've ever been in.
1: Small. Uh, I saw bands visit there. Um, Right. That's where. Into the Woods is kicking
0: out the piano lesson for that right. to go <laughs> to Right. You can live to the more. I've never been in the St. James either. I've never been in any of the theaters I was in this weekend. So <gasps>
1: wow! Yeah,
0: all new. All new. Um, So yeah, so I would take those videos up from the library and watch them over and over and over again and just fell in love with that show. I think I specifically love the 2006 version more than the 2011 version. Um, but both of them, I love that they're so different. And like immediately showed me how... You could do take the same source material mm-hmm. and present it in these completely different ways, just five years apart. And then this recent production that started in, in the, 2018 in the West End is also a complete reimagining, not even just gender-swapping Bobby, but the staging of it, the way that the characters are presented. And then also we're very lucky to have the um, original cast album documentary of the recording of the original cast album. Um, so there is a lot out there yeah. of like footage of company that you can see and you can see all these different productions and all these different interpretations of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the PBS documentary that came out this year, kind of that pulls all these threads together and compares them all to each other and talks about the process of putting it together. Um, so yeah. So let's talk about this production of it. I mean, first for
1: anyone that doesn't know about what company is, give us a 30 second synopsis.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to read Stephen himself's summary in his book, Finishing the Hat, Mm -hmm. Um, because this is a bit of a plotless musical. It's what you'd call a concept musical. Um, So here's the summary. A man with no emotional commitments reassesses his life on his 35th birthday by reviewing his relationships with his married acquaintances and his girlfriends. That is the entire plot, which is no plot. That's pretty much what happens. That is what happens. And... Um, what Stephen Sondheim said in the PBS documentary is that the whole musical takes place in three seconds in Bobby's mind imagining what's going to happen on the night of his 35th birthday and flashing back to moments in relationships with all his friends mm-hmm. and, and it's like opening the door or thinking he's going to open the door or she is going to open the door to a surprise party and what's running through Bobby's mind in that moment. So it's just kind of attempting to decipher one person's thought process, and it's not necessarily linear. I I think the most interesting thing about this production is that Bobby has always been played by a man. Bobby has been a man. And yet I believe it was 2016 when uh, Marianne Elliott was approached to reimagine company, With a woman, and then they had to convince Stephen Sondheim to do it. So they did that first workshop in 2016, and there's some clips in that PBS documentary. And I think, for me, I I love Company, but I don't know if it's ever worked better, story wise, than this version and having a woman at the center, especially in modern times, with the kind of expectations put on women and like their role in society and how they feel and relate mm-hmm. to other people. And maybe that just comes from me as a woman. That's much more relatable. Um, but I've always, I've always been a woman and I've always related to Bobby, even when he was played by a man. So yeah. those, those undercurrents were always there. And now they're just like the text instead of the subtext. It's also interesting. Cause I feel like when
1: this was first proposed, I mean, there's always been like, I agree. There's always been this conversation and I also agree that I don't think it's like as much pressure on a man than it is on a woman. Like Mm -hmm. someone correct us if you've had a different experience than like Mm -hmm. other women have. But I think it's um, interesting that like these initial conversations happen in in 2016 and then to also think that like sadly this is now closed when maybe we need this conversation more than ever. Well,
0: something that Uh, uh, again correct me if I'm wrong that I don't think has ever been in any other version but the like ticking of the clock motif Mm. that keeps happening and then you hear the baby's cries in the background and then that comes to a head in the moment of TikTok which in the original version was a dance number for Donna McKechnie who was playing Kathy and sometimes it's cut from the production because you don't always need it but in this one Maria Elliott was like there's a song called TikTok and she's just like the biological clock that women are faced with. If Bobby is 35, you know, everyone's telling her, you know, if you want to have kids, if you want to have a family, like you yeah. got to get a move on. You're right And it's also, time. even if people aren't like explicitly telling you that as a woman, like it's just in your you're, head, you're, you're thinking that because society has told you that mm-hmm. your entire life. And I mean, to bring it to modern times, like with the overturning of Roe versus Wade in the United States, like a woman's reproductive choices and, are, like, under attack, under, we're lucky to live in Canada, but are under, you know, scrutiny, and those choices are not necessarily um, as much as they were, no, you know, just a sure. few months ago, and yeah. so I think it brings it even, even more.
1: Yeah. Um, And then in the same vein of that, like, how many times have you been told in your life that, like, your career ends at 50? Like, depending on what you do. Sure.
0: Sure. Like, I mean, especially, like, the industry that you're in, for sure. I was told
1: in in broadcasting school that, like, if you think that you're going to be on camera at the age of 55 as a woman in the industry, like you're in the wrong industry. And to hear that before I even graduated was like, what am I even mm-hmm. getting myself into? I didn't end up going the on-air route, but like I know a lot of people that did, and there's always that like countdown clock in your head. So I agree to have the ticking, which is like kind of interesting. Again, thinking that like Tick Tick Boom was re-brought out like this year as well, to think well, that like
0: those tick, two boom, came out at the same time. Um, Tick Tick Boom, I, in my view, has was inspired by company because, yeah. one, Jonathan Larson, hugely inspired by Stephen Sondheim. Number two, it's centered around his 30th birthday and the idea of that being a deadline for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though it was a different kind of deadline, it was a career deadline versus, like, a relationship deadline, there are, like, clear through lines from Tick, Tick, Boom yeah. that come straight from company. And I think it's also funny that Raul Esparza, you know, was in that original off-Broadway cast... Um, oh, of TikTok Boom, boom yeah. when it was rewritten into that three person version. And then a few years later, you know, we watched him turn 30 on stage. And then a few years later, we watched him turn 35 on stage yeah. in that revival of company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm always happy to hear him sing. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it whenever no we complaints. can get it. <laughs> no complaints. No complaints. Um, I also loved that, tic- that, that TikTok um, sequence. I mean, I texted you earlier today because I was just thinking about it as I was listening to the West End cast recording that Claiborne Elder disappearing from the bed and reappearing out the door is on par with everything happening in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child.
1: And again, I I had texted you this and I want to publicly say it on the podcast. We will be doing a Harry Potter episode. So oh, we, will, we will get into the, the magic of, of Cursed Child. But some of the stuff, and I'll bring in like Anne Juliet too, that double turntable that rises... I'll take that any day over seeing magic on stage for Curse Child. Watching Clayborne Elder like somehow disappear out of that bed, I'm watching scared. him open <gasps> doors, come back in. When we talk about the sets of this show, that's better than half of the stuff I saw on stage in Curse Child. So like, it's so interesting to think about like, well, I think the off factor compar- almost, you
0: know. Well, I think to draw direct comparison, I think a lot of what's happening in Curse Child feels gimmicky, whereas totally. Everything- Everything set wise that's happening in the show feels so purposeful, feels so intentional, feels smart, necessary to the storytelling. Every movement of the set, every way it transitions, it, it the like the style, the way it's designed, the colors, the way that uh, the number 35 is everywhere on the cloth, everywhere on the, painting, on the doors, the balloons. It feels so intentional, it's telling a story. Whereas, yeah. You know, sometimes tricks are used as, like, wow factor or gimmicky and are not necessarily, you know, bringing you a long story and necessary for, to convey the message the way that mm-hmm. they are in this show. That I, The way I feel Marianne Elliott, everything is so intentional. Can we talk about Marianne Elliott for a minute? Yeah. Because I've seen two of her other shows before, both plays, um, War Horse, I saw... the Me too, I've seen them Toronto. both also. I love War Horse. And Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Yeah. Which I saw in the West End, which I I was obsessed with, Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. It was so good. I
1: saw it on Broadway, and then I also saw it when Mervish brought um, their production here. And I saw it with my mom on Broadway, I saw it with my dad in Toronto, and both of them were, like, just amazed by, by the sets. And I just think that, like... Obviously, like Bunny Christie, who did the sets for company, like all, all, Set, and credits, costume design. So, all, like, all credit to her. But I do think that that's a like extreme collaboration with Marianne Elliott and like her brain of like, this is what I want it to look like yeah. and like make it come to life.
0: Yeah. It all of all three of those shows, the, the through line is these like huge visuals that are telling the story. Um, the puppets and Horse. I just remember I sat front row because I rushed it. It was the first thing I ever rushed. Was War Horse in Toronto. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I said, because so, I was like, first in line, so sat front row center. And the way the horses just like came directly at us. It was amazing. It was that was the first time because
1: um, we have aisle seats for subscription. And I remember at the top of the show, the usher coming over being like, you need to keep your legs in the seats because the horses
0: come down the aisle. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so her direction is so, so evident and her identity is so, so evident. And I know Patti LuPone agreed to do this because um, of... because she wanted to work with Marianne. Yeah, that's after huge. After seeing, I think, Curious after seeing one of those shows. Um, so I think like her name being attached to it had everyone involved, like put a lot of trust and, you know, something that could have sounded gimmicky or are changing the gender of our main character, knowing that she was involved. Everyone was like, oh, I think, you know, I can trust that the decisions made on the show um, are done with like the best intentions.
1: Well, I also think that that was something for like Steven Sondheim himself to be like, "I'm signing on to this because
0: I trust the hands that my show is in." Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's. I mean, it is kind of. It is the last one of the last major productions that he was able to be involved in. Yeah, um, of his shows. I was. I was like. So I was listening to the West End cast recording, because there is no Broadway cast recording of this production. I don't think there will be. Um, But the West End cast recording is of the same show, just different cast, except for Patty, obviously. And I was following along with the book of lyrics on Finishing the Hat. And I would say a fair amount of the lyrics are changed and tweaked, like little couplets here and there, different rhymes, different things. And I'm like, oh, he was always changing, always editing, always making better mm-hmm. what he'd previously written. You know, some of it was updating and some of it was switching the gender and just making things a little more modern. But some stuff was just an update for, you know, a different word choice or let's right. try something new, it seemed like it it didn't need to be changed to fit um to fit this new adaptation. So I don't know, I was just like, you know, even in his like nineties, late eighties, nineties, he was still continuing to work and continuing to improve upon his own his own work so i i remember
1: was there was a matt doyle interview this was like early pandemic of there being a conversation if they were going to change the lyric of hepatitis to like coronavirus um in <laughs> no, not getting married God. there was a conversation and he was like stephen sondheim was like trying to figure out lyrically if it would work a little bit longer. Yeah, like, syllables-wise, like, does this work, does this sound correct? And the answer at the end of the day was absolutely not, because, like, hopefully, I mean, COVID's going to be around for the rest of our lives. We will talk about it forever, but so is hepatitis, so it's still relevant.
0: But, yeah, I, I love that he was so willing to be open to our interpretations of his own work. And now, every revival of his work we will not have his input. So now I feel like the lyrics are locked. Now I feel like you can't change them.
1: Yeah. And I also wonder if it will ever, I mean, like regionally it will be done, uh, gender swapped back, but I wonder if a professional ways, I think. production, you think you'll think they'll just like keep the new lyrics, but
0: whatever gender it is, what is whatever gender it is. I, you know, I'd be very curious. Um, but I wonder if they'll have kind of options when the licensing, You know, it's like, okay, these lyrics are, you know, the what you would typically use for a man, but if you're gender swapping it, this couplet can be changed, this couplet can be changed, and you can adapt. Because Mm -hmm. I can see this show being done in so many ways uh, going forward. You can have Bobby still be played by a man, you can have Bobby be played by a woman, you can switch Jamie, or you can have Amy, or you can... I don't know, you can have one of the girlfriends be a boyfriend or one of the boyfriends be a girlfriend. I think now that they've done this, it's so open for any future productions. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the way it's always been done or this new way. It can be some sort of combination of them both. And I think that's super exciting too.
1: So my question is, because I know that you love this show like so much, mm-hmm. why, does it, why is it not successful? Why are time properties like, not successful
0: at the end of the day? This is the question, and I don't want to say, like, they're too smart, but I think they're high concept, like, quite high brow. Yeah. And I think for your, let's say, general Broadway theater-going audience, this is not the... If you're, if you're going into town for a weekend this is not the show you're seeing. These right. are not the shows you're seeing for the most part. And even something like Into the Woods, which sounds so commercial, but then you hear, oh, but act two gets really weird. And then you're turned off, you know, or <laughs> I don't know, another, like another Sondheim shows, oh, assassins. It's about the um, men who tried to assassinate us presidents. And the audience was like, huh, okay. This is not Aladdin. You know, <laughs> this is not <laughs> yeah. the feel good theater that I'm looking to take my whole family to. It feels to me like destination theater. It doesn't feel like impulse theater, if Mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, And I think, yeah, and I think because Sondheim's lyrics are so... I just remember watching Six by Sondheim, uh, the documentary which I'd seen, and then we watched again to be on the original cast of the movies. You know, Sondheim talking about how... What he loved about writing lyrics was that he loved puzzles and trying to puzzle out the exact right word in each moment. And the lyrics are so... Amazingly crafted, that it is like it is a lot to take in, and you have to be listening and paying attention. Versus, let's say, a Phantom of the Opera, where it's very visual, it's very you know, you don't necessarily need to listen to every single lyric to heat to understand what's going on. And then, I mean, I you can like disprove me by saying, Well, Hamilton is really lyrically dense, um, it's different though, it's different, but it's different,
1: it doesn't feel the same
0: because even times.
1: like, when I was watching this, and I liked it a lot, but I did not love this show. And mm-hmm. I think that it's probably because, like, it, there's a lot going on. And I had said to you, like, we had just driven in from that night. You, like, need to be need to focus in the right frame of mind to watch a Sondheim show sometimes. And totally, Absolutely. that's not, like, that's not something as a selling point for me to say to someone that's, like, touring New York, yeah. to be like... No, for sure. You can't turn off your brain. You need to pay attention. Like, that's not a selling point. And sometimes Absolutely. it should be. But, um yeah, it's just interesting to think because, like, obviously, the not, like, direct competitor, but, like, the main two, I would say, are, like, ALW and Sondheim. And they're so different from each other. And mm-hmm. one has, like, super, super long-running shows on
0: Broadway, and the other has, quote, unquote, flops. So... Yeah, it... You know, this the company is kind of Stephen sometimes first success on his own. Because any previous success, like West Side Story or Gypsy, he only wrote the lyrics. He didn't write the music. And then his two previous musicals that were his solely, I believe, were... I'm, I'm not reading the book in order. I believe where Anyone Can Whistle and A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. And mm. those were, like, very flops. But this got, like, pretty good reviews. I think he felt really proud of it, like, as his own, you know he wrote it, the music and the lyrics completely by himself. And yet it still was not super long running. And no. part of me, you know, I, I wish like, you know, th- these are shows that I love and like, I wish that he had that success. But part of me is also kind of grateful because that means we get to see a million versions of company and a million versions of into the woods. And not that I want to, but there's only one version of Phantom of the Opera. You know what I mean? If you want to see Phantom, you're stuck seeing. Not that true.
1: There's a new staging, and the new staging okay. is not good.
0: <laughs> okay, so, so and you also can Love see... Never
1: Dies exists.
0: Okay, well, whatever. But but because <laughs> these shows did not run forever, because they closed, they're open to licensing, yeah. open to being revived, and you get to see so many different directors, um, and theater companies, and actors' interpretations and takes, and it opens it up to a completely new interpretation like this one, whereas let's say something like cats, you know, you're only really ever going to see cats one way. And you'll feel and that the same might...
1: way about it every time.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, mm-hmm. it just kind of is the way it is. And I also, you know, in and because like company, let's say, is about like regular human people, you know, just like a normal person, it's so easy to like, project yourself onto like I don't think you can watch company without bringing who you are I think it
1: depends on the I think it depends on the age and the person sitting in the audience like I'm not sure my dad would sit there and be like I relate
0: well not necessarily to Bob I'm not necessarily saying Bobby I think in general in general you know I was I watched it with my mom and and she one she was cackling at Jennifer Samard who brings the house down in that first kind of like vignette And also, you know, we were talking about the show after, and she said, uh, the song Sorry Grateful, she said, I thought that really, like, was true to what marriage is. You know, Mm -hmm. I really, like, felt that. You know, my parents have been married for 36 years, so are they experts? Well, they're experts on their own marriage, let's say. (laughs) But she's like, she's like, I really thought that was, like, like, I really, like felt that represented what marriage is really like. And I'm like, that's so funny. You know, Stephen at that point had never been married, had never been in a long-term relationship. Um, But he wrote this, like, show about marriage. So even if you're not necessarily relating to Bobby, which, like, I don't know, as a woman in my late 20s, like, I, how can you not relate to Bobby? Like, for me, how can I not relate to
1: Bobby? Minus the, like, maybe alcoholism of Katrina Lang's well, version. The bourbon. <laughs>
0: the bourbon. I think that's kind of an interesting... Thing because she's very much reacting to everyone, so I almost feel like she's drinking for something to do to not like say what's on her mind. I was just, like, shocked.
1: I I had heard before I went that like this ver- this version of Bobby is like kind of an alcoholic, and then I was like, oh, she kind of is. <laughs>
0: I, I really, you know, I was They got to get that Maker's
1: Mark sponsorship. Got
0: get that. And then when when the set gets really, really tiny, she crawls through the door and she drinks the tiny bottle of bourbon. It still it giving... said Maker's Mark on it. I was it's obsessed amazing. with that. Yeah. It's, it was giving kind of like Alice in Wonderland, you know, like, yes, drink yes, me. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you know, in the documentary, Katrina Lenk was saying, Bobby as a woman really made sense to her because as a woman, you're often taught to like be a bit of a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And, and she said, because Bobby is like, she obviously clearly has opinions about what all her friends are saying or doing, but she doesn't really share them. And she kind of just responds and kind of like tries to, she's not being like overtly herself with her personality. She's just kind of, um, fitting in with each couple. And you're like, what is Bobby's own true personality? You never know. And I took every time she was drinking was like, her trying to get out of an awkward situation or her friend's doing something insane and she's like, I can't say anything, so I just need to drink. So literally um, the whole show, top to bottom. And absolutely. And also, you know, you're with your married friends and they're going on about being married or telling you you need to be married or blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, I cannot listen to this conversation one more time. I yeah. cannot. <laughs> no, it's true. To get through this conversation, my friends have had a million times with me, I need to drink more bourbon. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so like... I don't know. It was interesting. Yes, she drank a lot of bourbon in the show. Her tiny her big bottle of bourbon, her tiny bottle of bourbon. I was obsessed with with the tiny desk when there was a little tiny red tote bag under it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about performances in this show? Like do we want to go there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, there are What like do you want to start st- with? <laughs> well, I already briefly touched on her, but like Jen Samard that that first vignette with um, yeah, let's
1: like kind of go in order, I guess. We'll leave sure. we'll leave Bobby to the end because I think Absolutely. that's a different conversation. But let's go in order of like vignette of couples.
0: So the structure of the show, the way it works, is we open up Bobby's birthday party, and then you kind of go into her, like the last time she hung out with each of these couple friends. So that first vignette, so it's based on um, eleven short plays written by George Firth, who was an actor, and the way that the PBS documentary explained it is that they were all kind of not really interconnected at all they were all about a couple and about a third person with that couple and interacting with that couple and george firth sent them to stephen sondheim and stephen sondheim sent them to hal prince and hal prince is like i think we have a musical here which is insane to think about because no there's no musical there (laughs) this is the first real concept musical there was Mm -hmm. nothing like this before and so what they thought was oh what if the third person in all these plays these short plays was the same person yeah and the musical's actually not about the couples, but it's about that this person. person who's mm-hmm. observing, who's on the outside. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so we open up at Bobby's birthday party. It's his 35th, it's, his, it's her 35th birthday party. And the first vignette is a crowd pleaser. It's Harry and Sarah. And, you know, Harry's- Tony Award nominee,
1: candidate. Jen Samard. Jen
0: Samard And our and, favorite like, Yeah. <laughs> Lord Farquaad himself. Um, we I was telling my mom he played Lord Farquaad. My mom's like, I was like, on his knees. And she's like, that makes sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so they, you know, uh, Sarah is not, is on a diet and is working out and, uh, Harry is not drinking, but they're both lying about this and then they, like, start doing jujitsu. It's, this scene is comedically, I think, the high point of the show.
1: But it's also... Wild, what's happening? It's wild, on stage. it's so funny
0: <laughs> because then they're like doing jujitsu and then it, they freeze in tableau in these like random headlocks. And patty LuPone comes out and starts singing a little, a little This ditty.
1: also to me, not even like actors wise, and I feel like we'll talk about this all the way through of each of the like couplets. But this is where the set moves on for the first time, which is this, like, big neon box almost. Mm-hmm. And it kind of lights up in the center, but there's two other sets on the side like of the just, like, the hallway or the bathroom rooms. or whatever. Yeah. Genius. Genius. Mm-hmm. And the way that, like, the lights come on and then they shut off and they come on and then they, like, blink weird when Bobby's having a moment. Like, I, mm-hmm. I literally think if the set wasn't the set... I would have hated this show. Like, literally would that's have hated so this funny. show. so funny. The set yes. was such a character to me and, like, so important to the storytelling that without it, I don't, mm-hmm. like, I couldn't imagine it without it. This version it a, specifically.
0: It was a huge part of telling the story for sure. Yeah. Um, like, the way it moved all the time for yeah. sure. So that um, was the this,
1: first time we noticed
0: it was like that. That's that, that big one came forward. So I was discussing, I think there's only one big box that they keep kept redressing, yeah, I agree I was with Like, that. is it different re- big boxes or is it one big box they just changed out like the fridge or the couch or the whatever?
1: Yeah, because no, the I agree. doors were always
0: in the same place, and I just don't think they have the room to put like three big boxes back there. No, I was like, where do they put this set? Because this I thing's not that big. No, Look, I know. Where do they put it? It's huge. Yeah, um, I was like, where do they put the giant company letters? From oh, I know. Another hundred the, people. They're like split up, so it's fine. They can like <laughs> yeah, move they can like kind of stack them. Yeah, I was like, and also my other thing was. A lot of times, when you don't have a lot of room backstage, you lift the set, you hang it really high, but the band is kind of there. The band Maybe reveal. The band, the band reveal. The opening number. Great. You're just like the band. I love when you can see the band. Yeah. Um, which was actually a great. Well, Into the Woods and Company, you could both see the band this weekend. Yeah. So it was a good. It was a good time. Yeah. Um. What was I going to say? Yeah. So in that apartment, and then Patty comes out and is singing the "Little Things You Do Together." And I think that was also another really clever thing, and this is the structure of the show, but that you're watching scenes of a marriage and then you're also watching people comment on it, you right. know, and, and like something like even later, kind of in the pre-Barcelona where Bobby's with Andy um, in bed and then the other couples are singing, you know, Poor Baby about Bobby and the contrast of that with him, um, I thought really, really clever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so yeah. here's our
1: next couple. Our next couple. Is it Greg Hildreth? Because I really... It, it might be Greg. <laughs> to me, this couple, we don't need them. I'm over it. They did have an amazing entrance through the trap door. The trap door was really cool. The apartment coming up from the trap door is, again,
0: genius. But what they were doing... Bye. I think, you know, each of these... Because they're based on these, like, short plays these short vignettes obviously some are more main character energy and some are more supporting character energy this isn't either and, of those things this
1: is like guest starring in a sitcom show i don't need it and
0: and peter and susan were not main character energy they're not side they you know, character energy either <laughs> they were funny because they're kind of the only like couple that like separates you know their their like, marriage didn't work barely, and then they worked and then they worked better when they were divorced. Yeah, and then I think there's obviously the gag of her being like, "I'm pregnant," you yeah. know, at the end, which is kind of funny. Um, this is also a moment, and I also think they switched their lines. Mm-hmm. I think Peter and Susan's lines are switched from the original play. Um, and the other thing is there is like a cut moment where typically Peter kind of comes on to male Bobby. He says, "You know, have you ever?" thought about, you know, being with a man. And Bobby's like, ah, Bobby doesn't really know how to react. Yeah. Um, And so that's cut for this version. Um, Which leaves them with less to do. Which leaves them with a lot less to do. Um, That version, that moment always worked best to me in the Neil Patrick Harris 2011 version when Craig Bierko um, says it for some reason. I always found it really funny in that moment. But at the same time, you know, if we're talking um, in a modern moment... It's not so unbelievable to think that, you know, uh, Bobby had explored, you know, Bobby lives in New York. She's a modern woman. That it's not so unbelievable to think that she'd, you know, be open to or explored being like with another woman. So it just doesn't have like quite the shock factor that it did in 1970, let's say.
1: Yeah. I'm fine with that being taken out, but I also would have been fine with not them, like with them not being in the show at all. I understand
0: what you're saying. However, I think, the thing is, it is a 50-year-old musical. And every... When you do revivals, like, they're in conversation with the previous mm-hmm. versions of them. And so... And they're, they obviously changed a lot of things. But I just don't think you can, like, fully cut a couple. You just can't. Even though they were kind of, like, the least used.
1: They added nothing mm-hmm. to the show for me. Like, zero. Added nothing. I was like... Except for that set moment. That was it. And then... I, like, just didn't care. Not This has nothing to do with, like, them as people or their yeah. performances, because I don't think that they were given anything to do. Like, I really don't. I feel, like, very strongly about that these two characters did not need to be
0: here. <laughs> they're, they're just... I
1: understand everything you're saying in theory. I understand, like, not being able to cut characters from, like, a revival of a musical. But I say, let's change that rule.
0: <laughs> I mean, you could, but I think it would be weird. Yeah, would you know it? Right? <laughs> Would, would you some have people missed might not them? notice? Some people might not have noticed. But I mean the way that I know this... you would have noticed, but would you have missed them? I mean, I truly don't know. The answer but... is no. <laughs> <laughs> because the way this show works like the these scenes kind of have the only through line is Bobby, like they don't really know each other. So I think you can kind of You know, pull out a few couples and only do a few. Yeah. Like without really disrupting the whole story.
1: Yeah, because they never like interact with the other friend. It does
0: seem, it does seem that these couples do not know each other.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: It, It seems that they are not like they're. All they have in common is Bobby. Like, they're not friends outside of Bobby. But they even that, Bobby, but even they, that they,
1: they all know Bobby, like, the only time that they would see each other is at, like, a yeah. Bobby event. At Bobby's birthday party. Yeah. yeah, and that's it. Like, once a year. Yeah, they don't, they don't
0: know each other. So there's no real interactions between them besides these kind of, like, um, offside monologues or comments to the audience where they're, like, dancing together or, like, you know. Right. Whatever. Okay, who's next? It's Jenny and David who spoke weed on the... Right. Um, On the stoop. So you saw a real-life married couple. I did see a (laughs) real-life married couple. So Jenny and David. So normally David is played by um, Christopher Fitzgerald, who was out for about three weeks, which meant I saw Jeff Creedy, who is married to Nicky Renee Daniels. So they were really married during this couple. Um, And it was actually really sweet. And this is another one of the storylines where they flopped the man and the woman's lines. Mm -hmm. So typically in the original production, David is the one who's with Bobby and more open to smoking weed, and, um, what's her name? Jenny is the one who is... More, like, reserved. More reserved, or is just, like, doing it for a fun time, and then this time it's switched. And I actually thought Jeff Creedy was really, really funny in this role. He was, like, very uptight. Um, I think I... I think I would like him better than what Christopher Fitzgerald was, was doing. Um, but I thought he was really good at playing this kind of, like, uptight, you know, square New Yorker who is smoking weed and was, like, having a fun yeah. time... um this is like a really sweet scene uh and it was like you know the intimacy of marriage like she was saying you know he you know he's only really doing this for me he's like pretending to be happy and you kind of don't even know like is he just pretending to be happy or does she think she knows him better than she actually does like you don't know but like these i don't know i i thought this was like a lovely scene um and it jumps into the song um you could drive a person crazy which is the three kind of boyfriends. You could drive a person crazy. You could drive a person mad, ba-da-da. First you make a person feel all hazy. So a person could be had, ba da Then you leave a person dangling, sadly, outside your door. Which it only makes a person
1: gladly. Want you even more. I could understand a
0: person. Who, again, are typically girlfriends, but in this production are boyfriends. Mm-hmm. So, um, April, in the original production, the flight attendant becomes Andy, the flight attendant in this production. Um, Kathy, kind of like your girl next door, um, the one that got away, becomes Theo in this production. And um, your Marta, in the original production, who was like a quintessential New Yorker, becomes PJ in this production. Um, And... I don't know, these boyfriends,
1: these boyfriends. I mean, to backtrack for a second, so I saw Chris Fitzgerald in this production and he was giving his best Ogie from Waitress. So right. I, after seeing it, was like, not for you, Steph. No. Just based no, on your opinions of Ogie. Ogie. Yeah. Wait, so Ogie. Um, I'm sure a different take is like, obviously,
0: a different I really take. Liked him. I yeah. really like Jeff Creedy in this part. I really um, like Jeff Creedy.
1: But to talk about the boyfriends, again, in my opinion, We only need one, so, (laughs) um, because, uh, Theo does nothing in this show. He seems, like, very underdeveloped and has one moment with Bobby, and I was like, I don't even understand how you're, like, having this moment with her, we don't even know anything about you.
0: But, like, okay, so, multiple things. In that original production, it was played, Kathy was played by Donna McKechnie, who was obviously the original And you said, like, TikTok is... TikTok is a huge dance number for her, kind of in, like, Bobby's mind. Um, But even though they really only have that one scene in the park where he tells her, you know, there's a time to come to New York, a time to leave it, and that he's getting married, this is, like, to me, this is, like, a really poignant scene because, like, I think Bobby sees her or his, like, one opportunity... Mm -hmm. like get away from them and also Bobby feels like they're kind of similar in that they were maybe avoiding marriage or avoiding this and then hearing from them that they're no longer doing that that they're going to get married that they're going to like make a different decision like makes Bobby in that moment I think feel quite like left behind Mm -hmm. and the way Katrina played that was like really heartbreaking to me
1: I just think that and because we know that this is, like, a no-plot musical, mm-hmm. it's very hard when there's so many characters in a show to, like, be invested in everyone that's there.
0: And of well, the things, I'm invested in Bobby, right? And so I've, I'm just invested in everyone's relationship with Bobby. I'm not necessarily thinking, like... Gotta see Theo again. No, thinking, like, what does this mean to Bobby? I
1: need a ba- I need more of a backstory. Cause like, I I, to me, it like, I was like, why are you even here? I don't need to see you at all. Like, I, I can, I can hear about her being in a relationship like with this character, but like, I don't need, I don't need those moments. I don't think we need to see every single person in this relationship. But this I think is we the show, get, but like, no, 100%. like no, I understand what you're
0: saying. But like, this is the show, is and I think seeing, there are flaws with the show. <laughs> but this is the show, like seeing like snapshots of like, if 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 the but structure is, but some people feel Bobby so much on her more 35th birthday, developed sure. than
1: other people. That's the issue. So if you're gonna give me this like amazing relationship with Bobby and Jamie, I need something more than like. I'm getting married, we dated for, like, however long. Like, do you know what I, I think, mean?
0: Well, no. Because if <laughs> the structure is Bobby's life flashes and decisions flash before her eyes on her 35th birthday, mm-hmm. some things are going to have a long impact and some are just going to be short moments, you know? It's not, like, it's not written for equal screen time for everyone. It's trying to convey... The emotional journey that Bobby is on, and so for some people, for Bobby's emotional journey, you only need a little bit, and for some people, you need a lot more, you know. And for like Jamie is her best friend, yeah, and, like that was like a huge, like that had a, a huge Jamie not wanting to get married and getting married had a huge impact on Bobby's decision making. Um, but you know, like let's say, like Greg Hildreth and um. Spouse, whose name I can't remember, (laughs) like, that did not have as much impact on Bobby's decision. Right. So, if you think of it all as, like, in Bobby's mind, Mm -hmm. then I think it makes so much more sense than trying to think of it as, like, a cohesive narrative.
1: Well, it's not a cohesive narrative, first of all. And it's not meant to be. And that's fine. But, like, but then, like, explain to me why Another Hundred People is sung by this character, um, PJ. And then we like have a scene with him later. Why does he sing that song? Like what's the reason
0: for it? This is actually interesting. This is the only song that's not about relationships in the show. It's about New York City. And Um, spoiler alert, I hated this version of this song. (laughs) This is interesting because
1: I I loved everything that happened around it, but the way that it became like such an angry song was like, um, over this. And
0: another 100 people just got off of the train, and another 100 people just got off of the train, and another 100 people just got off of the train. Another 100 people just got off of the train. <laughs> this is like a great song. This was like the weirdest staging moment for me. Um I didn't quite get what they were going for with the staging of this.
1: With the company I'd be like, curious, letters,
0: with the big company letters, and I'm just kind of like moving them around.
1: It also felt, I and I don't know if don't it felt this it. way to you, but it felt so long to me that song.
0: Um, it did not because like again, I watched I the them do like fairly this fairly well,
1: but like I watched them walk in and out of the O 12 times. <laughs>
0: like the that's how o it felt. It was like the park. The O was the <laughs> yeah, park yeah. that we kept going back to. Yeah. But um, because I know that that song, you know, you sing a verse and a chorus of the song. And then you have a scene, you sing a verse and a chorus of the song with one boyfriend and you have a singing verse and a chorus of the song and you have a scene with another boyfriend, you sing a verse and a chorus of the song and then you end with like PJ. Mm -hmm. So it gets much more extended than it is on the cast recording where you're not like having these like scenes. Yeah, 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 scenes in between. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like this, this song is kind of like the most disparate song from all the other songs and I think it gets forgiven because it's like a really great song. Um, but I think the staging of it needed to not be what it was. I don't I know I didn't what it like have the re sh- of this one either. They did not stand out to me, the re It
1: was just so, like, angry. It was so <laughs> angry. I also saw Heath Saunders do it. I know you saw Bobby Sure, Kante. I saw um, Bobby I think we went out of order there slightly. That's fine. That's but, fine. But, um... We were kind of at... Well, the Boyfriends is where we ended up. Yeah, so yeah. To, which, to, like, to, finish, the, the to finish the Boyfriends, Barcelona, like
0: you get a big Andy moment. And Andy, Andy gets a long is moment. the
1: is the most like like he's the best of the three to me. Also Claiborne Elder giving like an amazing performance. He's so funny in this. I think Remember when he, there was like talks that he would be nominated and like I can see why.
0: Well like Richard Fleishman was nominated in the West End for yeah. that role, yeah. which it, it, he does. He has like a lot of meat to bite off, I think. Yeah. And I think it's funny because, you know, Everyone's always like, you should get married. Why haven't you started dating anyone? And then you're dating people and you're like, this is what's available to me. This idiot. You know, this is why I'm not married. Everyone's hot idiot. (laughs) Hot. You're right. Absolutely hot. (laughs) Absolutely attractive. Those abs. He was walking around in that towel during TikTok. I was like, hot. But, But that's not enough. You know, everyone's like, you should just date. And I'm like, do you see who's available? Yeah. Idiots. Idiots only. You know what? At least he has a well-paying job of a flight attendant. <laughs> he's a flight attendant. You know, he has a career. He's a career. He, lives, he, and he can afford well. to live in New York. I'm happy for him. But yeah. I, I couldn't marry this man. No. I could not marry with this man. And I don't think Bobby could marry this man. <laughs> no. But but Bobby's, like, passing the time with this man, you know? Yeah. Because he's um, hot. Because <laughs> he's hot. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. And then, the, obviously, that moves into... Barcelona moves into... Barcelona's in Act 2. But Barcelona moves into the TikTok sequence. And she kind of, like, sees her life okay, so now Andy's here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what if I marry him? What if I have a baby with him? And, like, kind of sees her entire life flash before her eyes and thinks, okay, what if I married Theo? What if I married PJ? And, like, seeing her life and seeing these men go on with their lives and her being stuck at home and, like, trapped. See, like,
1: this was such an effective scene to me, and I think, like, this is sort of what I'm trying to say of, like chopping and trimming because like this was so effective and there was no dialogue needed to meet any of these other characters but
0: but the boyfriends that they show like it was not the husbands it was it was it was um andy it was theo and it was pj that's like the husbands in the scene and you have to like know who they are i don't think you do
1: i actually don't think you need to know who they are i think it could be just like guys that she's been with that's
0: it how do you know that they're guys that she's been with unless they're just like random people because the whole show is about who she's been with but she hasn't been with like the husbands but like
1: if i'm having a conversation with you like you don't need to hear these people speak like you know what i mean like i can tell you these things without having to hear
0: them show don't tell show don't tell you want too much exposition i want to see it i want to see the devastation on her face when she finds out theo's getting married not that because was, like, she's just, in like, love the, with Theo. That's fine, but, but because, it was just like,
1: like unbelievable to me that she was devastated by that that's what I mean yeah I like really disagree I really felt that moment I think like our takes of like Katrina like were very different like it was just like unrealistic to me that she would be upset about that because we literally know nothing about this man I know this is like (laughs) but we know Bobby but we know Bobby it doesn't matter it doesn't matter to me that's why I I think I know Bobby a scene like TikTok was so effective to me because I was like I understand what's happening here I don't need to hear the conversation I'm happy to hear it from Andy and that's it (laughs)
0: And it was, like, I, I think George Furth throughout the book, he had such a fun time writing Andy, because... Oh
1: my god, I'm sure. Or, like, well, at the time, it was it, not Andy, right? Or
0: April. Yeah. April. Like, I... Like, because there's so much given to this character, um, in terms of scene work, because they're just so funny.
1: The moment was the, like, I love your jumpsuit. That was the moment. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I also love the jumpsuit. And then when she took it off and she had like a red bra and underwear, I'm like, yes, red.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he had like, like really the good theme. one-liners in that scene.
0: He's just, he's just so funny.
1: Yeah. Okay, now moving on to a couple that I actually care about. Jamie and Paul.
0: <laughs> Jamie and Paul. Um, so this is kind of the showstopper of the show. Um, it's right before the Act 1 finale and it's getting married today. And our characters... Um, are Jamie and Paul, and they're about to get married. They're about to get gay married. And Jamie is having cold feet. He's having the coldest of feet. Mm-hmm. And this is a show-stopping Patter song, the fastest rap on Broadway until Hamilton. Um, and Matt Doyle, who I saw, absolutely nailed it, received a standing ovation that night I was there. People were, like, hyped. <laughs> People were hyped. Uh, everyone was, <laughs> was hyped
1: when I saw it, too. And my brothers, both leaving company, were like, Matt Doyle was the best part of this show. Which, like... That, sh- that song should be the best part of the show if you're it's great yeah um, and also like everything happening in that scene yeah. is wild today
0: is for Jamie my lover my partner my love. Pardon me is everybody there, because if everybody's there, I wanna thank you all for coming to the wedding. I'd appreciate you going. Even more, I mean you must have lots of better things to do, and not a word of it to Paul. Remember, Paul, you know the man I'm gonna marry, but I'm not because I wouldn't ruin anyone as wonderful as he is. But I thank you all for the gifts and the flowers. Thank you all. Now it's back to the showers. Don't tell Paul, but I'm not getting married today. The the seating Nikki Renee Daniels is like the third member of that song as the like precient Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Preacher, whatever, yeah, like coming out of every. There's also I feel like a trap door. There so is like the the door closes like like so the she, side the door on the left she's behind it it slammed. closes yeah and she walks and she's out gone. Yeah. And she's gone yeah she and must like, there must be a,
1: like a uh, not a door with a a handle but like a push door a push that door, like something. that door closes she pushes out and walks away yeah actually funny I cause like, when I saw it, um I saw it from the mezzanine. And um, in the Jen Simard Chris Sieber scene, when she eats the brownie, I saw her spit it out into, like, a stagehand's hand. So, oh, really? like, they're you not were, like, always she, hidden. Yeah. yeah. So, like, like, that girl ate it. They're, like, propped behind the doors type thing. So, sure, I think same thing of, like, s- when that happens, someone's, like, waiting for Nikki on the other side to, like, usher her back to where right. she needs to be. Because then she, like, comes, comes out, out of the, the fridge. fridge. <laughs> yeah. The fridge is the
0: funniest part of it. When she comes out <laughs> of the fridge and then he's, like, opening the fridge. Like, yeah. where is she? Um, and I think it's Bobby Conti who came out of the washing machine. <laughs> oh, I don't remember. Um, I was like, I can't believe he just came out of the washing
1: machine. But, like, song aside, which is obviously, like, such a show-stopping song, to me, this is the, like, most, um, realistic and, I would say, like, successful show of a relationship in, like, today's modern world. Like, the conversation between Jamie Paul, and Paul, or maybe it's between Jamie and Bobby, or maybe it's between all three, I don't remember, mm-hmm. but, like, when... It's Jamie and Bobby when they're talking about marriage and how he's like, I love him, but like, why do we need that to enough? put a label on that? Like, mm-hmm. why why do I have to be his husband to show him how much I love him? And I think that's a very real conversation with a lot of like, I, again, unfortunately, like with everything that's happening in the States, there's like a lot of worry about potential overturns of gay marriage and... I had listened to a Matt Doyle interview and he was like, you know, I've been with my partner for however many years, but like, I love him so much, but maybe we don't want to put a label on it. Like, why do we need to label Mm -hmm. it? And I was like, this is relatable in any context. It doesn't have to be gay marriage. It can be a
0: heterosexual uh, relationship. Like, it's always relatable. And I saw in the PBS documentary, they were talking, Matt and Itai were talking about, you know, marriage being traditionally for so 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 many years this thing that only straight couples were due was for so long legally only for a man and a woman and they fought like gay people the lgbtq community fought so hard for the right but then it's also like why do we need to participate in this totally heteronormative ritual Yeah. yeah why are we why like why are we doing that why do we need to you know do this traditionally like straight thing to because prove we our can love. like yeah and, and it's like just because we can doesn't mean we, we should. should that's like an I it's an a added line. line for this production which is like de- honestly devastating when she says that to to Paul um and then the line that like really got me from the scene was um Jamie says to Bobby I'm after Bobby proposes marriage to Jamie which I think works so much better when Bobby is a to, woman yeah. proposing to a gay man than Bobby is a man proposing to to his best friend Amy, who's a woman. Yeah, because though I and I do think this is kind of like in the original with Bobby as a man. I do think he like there's like a lot of implications that like was he in love with Amy? Does he wish he could like throughout? Or like does he want someone exactly like Amy? Like that's kind of how I've read it a little bit.
1: I also think that's also just like a conversation in like our everyday lives of like. Men can't be friends with women; they have to be in love mm. with them, type thing. So that yeah. kind of like fits that checks that box. I,
0: I don't believe that men and women can't mm, be friends, me but either. like, I I kind of read, especially watching that as a version over and over again. I don't know. I always read that like he was kind of Bobby, interested. kind of like longed for Amy, but like would sure. never do anything about yeah. it either out of like fear or just anything. Whereas was, this, but obviously this is that that context is completely taken out yeah. because. Um, Jamie is gay and they're best friends and I think like you know uh, uh, this relationship like truly like makes sense you understand completely why they're best friends and it almost feels like an act of desperation from Bobby proposing to Jamie and also feels like a very safe thing because she wouldn't have to be like vulnerable in that marriage there's like no risk yeah of them falling in love no it would just be for like safety and what Jamie says to her is like I'm afraid to get married and you're afraid not to. And I was like, Ugh, this like gut punch because like as a woman in society, are you afraid not to participate in something that you've been brainwashed? I don't know, brainwashed or like told you should want or told you should aspire to from birth. Like she's afraid not to like that her life would be missing something if she's not doing this thing that everyone is like telling her that she needs to be doing. Mm-hmm. And that's like the turning point where Paul dis Jamie decides he is going to marry Paul. And, like, but like that's, like, absolutely devastating to me. And then you kind of go into Marry Me a Little.
1: Which yeah. I would like to say is Katrina's best moment in this show. It's vocally. a wonderful
0: acting moment. I love how both in Marry Me a Little and in Being Alive, the stage empties out. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, black. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, alone on this stage. And it's, like, very, like, vulnerable. Like, she's not surrounded by anything... It's just her, just her singing, like, just her own thoughts. It was very emotional to me. Yeah, Let me talk about Katrina, actually. A lot Wait, of do you want to say, talk about
1: Patty first and then Katrina?
0: Um, okay, let's quickly talk about Patty, um, the characters of Joanne and Larry. Um, honestly, I thought Patty was very subtle. Really? I thought really? Patty was,
1: was giving a subtle performance. Tyler hates Patty after this. He doesn't know her, never knew her before, yeah. but walking out was like, I hate her.
0: <laughs> her, her ladies who lunch, like okay, I thought she was so funny throughout the show. I was obsessed that Patty was doing ensemble choreography. Yeah. In side by side, she's like moving tables and chairs just like everyone else. She's wearing a birthday <laughs> hat. She's doing it all. There was a Mad Doyle um,
1: interview one time and he was like, you know, guys, Patty is like
0: just like us. It's fine. <laughs> sick. I, I was earlier today, I was just like watching a bunch of inter- old interviews, and it was at the Olivier's, it was Patty, Richard Fleishman, and Jonathan Bailey. And Jonathan Bailey's like, Patty's lifting chairs, just like <laughs> She's like doing She's like us peasants in the, in the
1: background. Exactly. Yeah.
0: She's like we're all doing the same thing. Um I thought Patty was so funny when she comes out in TikTok in the like the Katrina Bobby wig, wig. Yeah, the Bobby, Bobby wig. I was like you're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um I thought I and then she does Ladies Who Lunch, which is the big Joanne moment. Um Okay, but, but remember when Club, I way-
1: <laughs> Remember when I texted you after seeing Company I was like, "Do you know what happens in the background of Ladies Who Lunch?" You're like, "I was no, watching I have no it the idea. whole time." Because
0: once you the, see once it, you, you can't unsee forward. it. Like, the background, honestly, like, was, so, maybe it was just the angle, but I couldn't quite see what was happening behind Patty during Ladies Lunch that much. Like, I knew they were all there, but oh my there God. wasn't a lot of, like, movement behind her from
1: where I could see. Oh, my God. All, all I could see was every single person's costume, every single person's Christopher dance Christopher
0: Super is in these, like, super high heels.
1: Yeah, but, like, I saw every single person's move from above. I was watching Matt the whole time, who's just, like, swaying in the background.
0: And They're then not doing him, like much, but it's like subtle.
1: No, like him and Heath did like a whole choreography <laughs> moment. And then like Chris Sieber and then Jen Smart comes out and like puts down her sunglasses.
0: There's so much happening behind what? that when you what? sit above, you see everything. See from where I, my angle, I was in like rush seats off to the, uh, a little off to the side. You couldn't quite like, you knew that they were back there and you could see them moving a little bit, but you couldn't quite like see exactly what everyone was Every doing. Every single movement I could see. Oh, I'm sure. And then it was so I distracting know It was so distracting. Sure. I love when that scene opens and like the box comes forward. It's like yeah. company. Yeah. 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 Like the, <laughs> the club scene. Love. Yeah. I would actually like to request that at the clubs. <laughs> I would like to, that to be played at the clubs. Well, that like disco Sondheim album. Company. Yeah. Just, you know what? I'm going to start a club and it's going to be <laughs> <laughs> just that. And it's going to be club music musicals. Yeah. Okay. Um, honestly, I thought Patty gave a really subtle performance. <laughs> Did she not hold the last rise for, like, a long time? No, she did. She did. She did. I've seen many people sing Ladies Who Lunch, including Patty. Yeah. And I thought this was restrained. Oh I thought this God. was lovely. I thought it was restrained. <laughs> That's so funny. Patty also got a standing ovation for, for Ladies Who Lunch. I thought it was restrained. It was a wonderful performance. You're like, why am I saying lunch? right now you didn't do anything? <laughs> not that she didn't do anything, but I thought it was, like, it was acted. You know, it wasn't, like, bombastic, moment it was oh it was it, it was fantastic when i That's saw so it funny. i was like my mom's like was patty everything you wanted and i was like patty was patty patty did whatever so 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 i thought she was restrained i thought it was subtle <laughs> Let's hear it for the lady to lunch. His name is Larry, right? Is that Larry, the character's name? Played by Terrence Archie, but guess Larry. This man does Great. nothing in the show too. <laughs> He's Patty's husband. He's Patty's third husband. That's or it. Husband, whichever. That's all he does. He's he seems nice. He seems like a nice man. I also he think holds her fur coat. Like, <laughs> he holds he holds the fur coat, and when he says to Bobby, you know, she's not like this when you're not around, like that. Maybe maybe these married couples feel like they need to be putting on, like an air to keep up with their single pers- person, yeah. which actually another note I made I made a lot of notes for this episode um the title of company and I like really thought about it this time and I think I came to and this is probably wrong but what I came to why the show is called company um there's like two meanings to company of the title mm-hmm. and in that opening song it's like phone rings door chimes in comes company and it's like people who are visiting who then leave yeah and you put on almost a performance for your guests and they are not like it's not intimate it's you know, company comes over, you put on your cleanest house, you serve your best food, and then they leave. But then in Marry Me a Little, she says, want me first and foremost, keep me company. And right. I was like, that's, like, a very intimate way. That's, like, you're not putting on airs, you're not putting on a performance for someone. Yeah. That's someone who just sits next to you silently. And I was like, company are her friends, but she's missing, let's say, the company of yeah, like, one that's person a, who puts her first.
1: You don't want to, like, be alone by yeah. yourself like you
0: want just like the comfort of someone, just someone you. to keep her company you don't have to talk to like not even talking to each other just being yeah just keeping her company while she like goes through life mm-hmm. not necessarily like a scheduled thing but just someone who keeps her company through her day-to-day life and so that's the title like that's why i thought the title of company came from that's my interpretation of it. Right. Where, how did I get here?
1: I have no idea. Um, but to round out performances, <laughs> let's talk about Katrina. <laughs>
0: Katrina. Katrina. Um, There have been mixed reviews on Katrina and her ability to sing this score. More
1: than mixed. I would say probably like 90% negative um, reviews.
0: And I will give my review. Katrina was amazing. Katrina was my favorite performance in the entire show. I loved her. She, sound, she sounded perfect on everything. She sounded so good.
1: She sounded wow. so good.
0: She so you think she was robbed so of good. the Tony nomination? I don't know if she was robbed. I think Bobby's a tough role because, like, she's reacting, right? Everyone is doing everything around her. And like I said, like, Bobby's listening. Bobby's, instead of saying something, she's drinking her bourbon. She, yeah. is, she is not the star of these scenes. She is, she is the cipher that all these other characters are shown mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think it's hard to know okay what are you doing you're just watching these other performances go on yeah Um. so I think sometimes it's hard to understand but I thought she was perfect in this role and she sounded amazing the entire time like so good her being alive was perfect I thought that's so interesting See, it's like. Great.
1: I also had no issues with Katrina. I thought the reviews were way too harsh. Like, she is giving a great performance. Um, I've also
0: heard she's gotten... People said she's gotten better since then. So seeing it eight days before they close, maybe I was seeing peak Katrina. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think they also, like, worked pretty hard with her during the pandemic and the closure to, like, make sure that it was... Because she got a lot of harsh reviews pre-COVID, which was only, like seven performances so post-covid is when people were like she really came into her own in this character i agree like i thought she acted it very well um i think her marry me a little is the standout for me as opposed to her being alive i i don't know why i think like maybe she was sometimes i guess it depends because this is like kind of an emotional roller coaster show and if she is too emotional by the end of being alive it can unfortunately like hurt you vocally because you're crying so it's hard to sound like how i expect you to sound so i think her marry me a little was like a little bit more successful to me than um her being alive but that being said like i had no issues with her either i don't think the criticism needs to be there um and i also like can't really
0: picture anyone else like doing that like there's i have no issues with her it is quite interesting because I think the casting on the West End, Rosalie Craig, she's giving very much Girl Next Door, mm-hmm. whereas that is not the energy Katrina gives. No. Katrina's no, no, giving no. a little more rebel, rebellious, a little even more as a person, independent. Like, we don't know
1: Rosalie Craig like no. outside of this. I don't know either of them. But like as a person, when Katrina shows up at events, you're like... What's that the, I love it's it. It's the eyes. <laughs> yes, it's just the
0: attitude. She's got like a red she's, bob
1: right now. Like she she is like just a yeah. different
0: kind of person. than She's not she, a girl next door. I would never describe no, Katrina like, as a no, girl but, next like, door. No, but like Rosalie Craig, who on the West End, who's on that West End cast recording, it, it gives a much more like sweeter energy. And I really yeah. like Katrina's kind of, it, it gives much more, Rosalie Craig's interpretation of this is like based on stereotypes. I'm like, this might be a woman who is like, sad about or who's like missing getting married or like wanted it more let's say sure. and Katrina's Bobby yeah. who never got married just cuz like she never got around to it or she was more independent um and was like really prioritizing other things yeah um and this is just like based on how they look and just the way that their voice sits in these songs um but i i really love Katrina's interpretation of Bobby mm-hmm. and at that point we get to being alive which is one of my favorite musical theater songs ever Um, even just, like, lyrically, the journey just in that song alone, you know, at the beginning, it's, like, someone to hold you too close. She's describing what marriage would be like and all the annoying things of it. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the song, she's, like, asking, like, somebody hold me too close. Somebody hurt me. She's, like, open. She's, like, finally opened herself up to being vulnerable in that moment.
1: Which I also Um, think is a very different take when a woman sings it than a man. mm Mm-hmm. It just, like, for hits sure. different. And again, like, we can say that because we're women, but, like... Sure. And I'm sure a man can relate to that in a different way, but watching a woman, like, pour her heart out and sing those kind of lyrics, it just, like, feels more, like, vulnerable than if a man were to sing it.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, as a woman going through society, to open yourself up is a very... I mean, for, for any human being, it's a scary thing to open yourself up to being vulnerable. But I think for a woman there's just like a lot of like more like let's say risks that come with that sure yeah um and so it's like easier to like hold yourself like apart or like put your walls up and i feel like that's what bobby has bobby has her walls up and at the end i'm not even like oh now bobby is looking for a husband i'm like oh now bobby is like a a willing to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. in society like she's not necessarily like oh i need to get married tomorrow she's like I will be myself. I'm yeah. open to yeah. the possibility. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, obviously, this before seeing it was one of my favorite shows. And going to New York, you know, once it announced it was closing, I was like, I have to go. I have to see it with ideally with this cast. And something that I love about it is that it is a 50 year old show. And that you can see it in so many different ways and so many different people's interpretations. And watching that PBS documentary, I can't remember who said it, but they said, the text gives the blueprint, but every builder will build the house in a different way. Mm -hmm. So that text and those songs are always there, but every person or every director or actor is going to look at that blueprint and create something completely different out of it. Right. And it can be interpreted in so many different ways and still be true to that source material. And yeah. I also love, you know, this show premiered on Broadway in 1970. And yet it still felt so fresh. It's still because it's about humanity, you know, that's will always be true. Fifty years from now, it'll still probably feel fresh because it's just about human beings like interacting with other people. And it's also, I think, so successful in that it's not successful, but also successful because i think it's impossible not to bring your own experiences to because there's always because there's so many different characters there's always a character for you to relate to whether it's like me being like a young woman who's like not married like single um relating to bobby or let's say my mom like relating to like jennifer samard's character um or you know thinking wow sorry grateful that really like feels true to how i think about marriage as well or just any one of these relationship dynamics, um, I think, you know, it because it speaks to, like, the human experience and humanity, it will always be relevant. Right. Did you have, like, zero issues with this entire production? Um, the staging of Another Hundred People, I think...
1: Other than that, that's very minor.
0: I really didn't. I really didn't, because this show I know and I love, and so they were just doing the show, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, And I, like, I felt it was so, so successful. I don't have issues with the, like characterization of anyone Hmm. or anything or the performances really Mm -hmm. oh there's another thing actually i thought the ensemble was so random because they were so underused they don't show up until another hundred people in act one
1: right when they're like wearing
0: the subway outfits right yeah they might be doing stuff moving stuff backstage but you don't see them until another hundred people and they only show up in three or four songs they're there in, in the, the club, club scene for ladies who love. They're they're, the, they're absolutely there in the club scene. They're absolutely there in the club scene, and they're used in um, TikTok a little bit. Um,
1: no, I agree with you. It's a weird. I, like... I I don't think
0: they were necessary. I don't think you needed them. I think cut them, cut the ensemble, cut that budget, fire those people.
1: No, we, we <laughs> not fire don't have those people. Fire people. Well, but they're um, but aren't they all the swings anyway?
0: Yeah, they're like, the swings anyway. So but they're then, always like, there. Do you need another swing to then swing on? To cover them when I don't they on. That's go a great question. Um, yeah, I just felt it was kind of odd. I was like, you're really underused. I don't think this like ensemble is necessary. I think they could do the 14 person cast, the five couples, Bobby, and the three boyfriends, and call it a and day. I don't it. think yeah. they needed that ensemble. Um, maybe they were just moving set pieces a lot. Like, sure. But I think you can do other things with that. Right. Um, one actual last thing. So sometimes when Patty was out, Jennifer Samard would go mm. on as um, Joanne. And after seeing the show, I would have been so depressed to see pa- Jenna Samard as pa- as Joanne, not because oh, because you wouldn't have she seen wouldn't have been great. Because Samard. then I would have missed her as Sarah. Yeah, I would have missed her as Sarah, and that would have been absolutely devastating. because she's so funny. She's so funny. I'm sure other people are funny in that, but I would have been devastated to miss her as Sarah. So in a perfect so world, you like to see. see
1: it twice and see both versions. Yeah, yeah,
0: I, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. She's okay. so funny.
1: So are you waiting it? Yeah,
0: I'm scared for your reaction to my rating. It's like, everyone can, this is the other thing, like, we rate, but like, everyone can have their own opinions on things, you know? Everyone, everyone can have their own, um, thoughts. Yeah. Okay, um, my rating is five out of five silver, 35 balloons. Wow. We didn't even talk about the balloons, but I love the balloons.
1: The balloons are iconic. The giant one, yeah. The tiny ones, yeah. They're great. Um, it's been a it's been a big part of the like marketing campaign them. since day one. Yeah, yeah. Um, my rating of company again, I liked it. I just didn't love it as much. This is like, wow. Gonna like hide when I say this. Um, my rating of company is three point five out of five maker's go mark
0: bourbon <laughs> the tiny one only the tiny one
1: <laughs> only the tiny one the tiny one I just like I also think and this is like not a good thing or a bad thing but you have such a heavy emotional like sure connection to this show that the no baggage. matter
0: what you were gonna love it doesn't matter it's possible unless it was like actually horrible, was horrible which it's there, not there is a possibility that like my mom was like after I watched it she was like what did you think and I was like oh I love it and she's like oh good you know, because like, yeah, like, like it was announced. It opened on the West End in twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um. So it was so so long ago to be like thinking about this show. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, I I do think like there was a chance you would, but like with this cast, there's no way that you could have no.
0: Hated and I also it. knew quite a bit about it going in. Like I hadn't yeah. seen it, but I had I knew what the visuals were like. I knew the cast. Like it wasn't yeah. like nothing was like a complete shock to me on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, except for Claiborne Elder disappearing from the bed. I was like, where'd you go?
1: Wow, we didn't even talk about The Most Iconic, which, like, doesn't happen every night, so it's irrelevant, but, like... Claiborne Elder was once thrown up on inside of the box <laughs> in the opening number of company and I will never unsee that. I actually
0: did not think of it I actually did not think of it I was I was in it I was having all the time of my life I did but I think about it now I was after the show I was like it was okay, the only so thing like, I could
1: think about when I was was watching the opening number as soon as the you the 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 enter...
0: got thrown up on. Yeah because he <laughs> doesn't enter the box until the end of the number right? No so, so like, he's so the when,
1: box. when he came in and he was outside the box I'm like wait is this where it happened and then when he opened the door I was like oh my god and then I was trying of like who's
0: next to him who's next to him who's throwing up on him it's like one
1: of the other boyfriends unless it was one of the other boyfriends that threw up on him we really don't know any information it could have been like a
0: swing too it could have been a swing playing a boyfriend and
1: also like after that moment the show was was cancelled they were just like
0: (laughs) we're done we're just done we cannot go on tonight
1: (laughs) um exactly so yeah it would be interesting to know if you had like zero emotional connection what your true thoughts would have been sure but to hear that your mom loved as much as as you is like a little surprising to me all right so to wrap this up sadly company is no longer playing on broadway but i do think that they are announcing a uh national tour so keep out on the look for that um I, i think that
0: could be a tour that would attract a good cast the way the falsettos tour attracted a good cast you know
1: Maybe. Like, playing
0: Bobby, on if they do tour this, like, playing Bobby on tour, I think, could be, like, a really meaty role for someone.
1: Yeah, I also, like, would be interested to know the success on tour, because I don't know Mm. if this works for everyone, you know? It's
0: interesting. I I hope it tours. I hope it comes here.
1: Yeah. Because I would see it again. (laughs) Um, And we will not get into our thoughts on A Strange Loop in this episode, because we will be doing a full A Strange Loop episode later this year, so look out for that. But before we end this episode, it is now time for our obsession of
0: the week. My obsession is related to my little New York trip, obviously that I was on. Um, Sunday, the day we were flying back, my parents were at the play that goes wrong. We started at two, but I was seeing a strange loop. I started at three. So I sent them off to their show, and I was like, I'm going to go hang out somewhere for an hour, and I went to hang out at the drama bookshop. I'm so and- <laughs> sad. I tried to do this when I was in between shows
1: at MJ and Six, but there was, like, not enough time for me to get there.
0: We, like, we weren't going to, and then I was... Sunday was so hot. Uh, my parents like, I were air. fine. My parents, who were, like, almost 60, 60 years old, were absolutely fine, and I was dying. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's my delicate constitution. I was dying. Um, so I was like, well, I, we need air conditioning. So... <laughs> We went to the drama bookshop, sent them off to their show, and I was just kind of like sitting at the bar area by the window on my phone, and my ears perk up, because behind me I hear someone talking about The Devil Wears Prada, having seen a performance of already, and I turn around and, and I was like... And back in New York so soon, because those performances
1: when you were there was only like it was day only like two or day week. three.
0: Yeah. And I turn around and I was like, hi, sorry, I'm eavesdropping, but are you talking <laughs> about The Devil Wears Prada musical. <laughs> And, they were, like, and I, they were like, oh my god, yes, join in. And so it was three other people, they were also all strangers, they did not know each other, talking about the Divorce Prada musical, and I joined in, and um, we were all talking about what we were seeing that weekend. One of them was like, so we're all seeing a matinee this afternoon, and we all like shared about what matinee we were seeing, and yeah. what we'd seen that weekend. I was talking about, you know, I was like, the day yesterday I saw Between the Lines, and one of them had been at the exact same performance as me, so we were talking about that show. Um and we were just... One of them was saying Cursed Child and we were talking about that and it was just so, like such a wonderful conversation. I do not know these people's names. I I will never see them again. But my obsession this week is the Drama Bookshop for creating a space for theater lovers, theater people who can go and build connections with other theater lovers mm-hmm. um, and kind of have these spontaneous conversations with each other um, about shows and about things that they're passionate about and things that we love. And one of the other... Um, people there it was also going a strange loop at the 3pm and we were talking about like the rush line or whatever comparing where we sat and he was sitting in the front row and I was sitting in the back of the and he's like I'll wave at you and we're like <laughs> <laughs> Don't <cross> the theater <laughs> oh my god that's so cute so it was like it was truly truly a wonderful like 45 minute conversation and then there was also so there were four of us kind of having this conversation and then also like a random mad man, uh, man dad from Texas who was also jumping in every five seconds he was going to the MJ matinee and he'd <laughs> yeah. seen Otis the night before with his son um yeah they'd seen well, they'd seen into the woods they'd seen one of them was going to see the kite runner that afternoon Oh wow um yeah we we're just talking about everything that we had seen and we're seeing and i was like you know bragging about what we've been able to see i was like well i'm from toronto and that I so I have the pre-Broadway of Anne Juliet, so like you know, giving the tea on pre-Broadways and what we expect to happen with tours and everything, and it was just a really wonderful conversation.
1: I love that. I also think that like, and I don't know why I have this feeling, but like this feels just like a New York thing because literally the exact same thing happened to me in the intermission of MJ. I sat beside Mm -hmm. these two people that had also bought like, I mean, I won the lottery, but they bought like very last-minute rush, and all we did for twenty minutes was talk about like what shows we love. And we do this all the time, but like to hear mm-hmm. other people's opinions of what they've seen. We also talked about Angela because they had seen it on the West End. It was just like, I don't know. I love. We've had we've had experiences like this too, like in the rush line at the stage door. Like it's just mm-hmm. such a like.
0: Whenever theater people get know. together, they're they're just excited. One, and we're we're crazy, and two, it's just true. like you're always from like one up. You're like, well, I've seen this. Well, I know, I've seen a hundred percent. You're like, oh,
1: you've seen that one time? I've seen it five times. Like, that's what it is. It's those kind of conversations. But I wouldn't, like, have it any other way. No, so, it's great. Um,
0: yeah. I've done this at the ballet in Toronto, you know, talking to the person next to you. Especially when you go to a show by yourself or when you're by yourself. Yeah. You know, striking up a conversation with the person next to you is, like, a great way to, like, pass your intermission time.
1: Yeah. Um, and it also so. always starts when it's something that, like, you're both equally excited about or, like, losing your mind over. So, like, it's always it's For always sure. great. I'm um, next For time sure. I'm in New York. I would love to go to
0: the, and it's to the it's drama really shop. nice in there. I mean, it's brand new, so really beautifully designed. Um, David Corin's did the like beautiful book, yeah, like installation. Um, I think it's bigger than the previous drama bookshop, so there's mm-hmm. more selection. Um, and obviously, you can get lots of things with Lynn's face on them. Yeah, so. his
1: like T Rico collection
0: is just lots kind of, of sold, stuff. I and guess. you know what? If it's making the drama bookshop money to be able to continue to support itself absolutely buy everything with Lynn's face on it. We're I was for, for it. Some, I was looking for something good to bring you back, Tara, but I was like, I just can't bring anything back with Lynn's face on it. Sorry.
1: I did buy Tara once for her birthday the little, like, baby Lynn manuel Miranda pin. Amazing. And they I, had those. And, like, thinking about it now, we're like, what if someone saw that? I'd be like, oh, that's... Who is that? And then you'd be like, it's Lynn manuel Miranda's <laughs> a baby. Miranda. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's, like, nothing, like, specific. That, they they um, have
0: even, like, um a, a slate... Is it from Tick-Tick Boom or In the Heights or something? Oh, really? Fun. They have, like, props from musicals and, like, books and, like, lyrics. There's a t- there's a, the Tony Award, the drama bookshop received, like, the special Tony Award in the shelves there that you can look at. It's a really cool space.
1: Oh, wow. Um, my
0: sorry, obsession this, this week
1: <laughs> is, like, related to your New York trip, but this was, like, on accident. I mean, not on accident. This came mm-hmm. out a while ago, but and it was like, wow, perfect time to do this. Um, Josh Henry on TikTok has been putting out these, like, mashups of pop songs with, like, Into the Woods music. And I saw this, like, a while ago. I'm pretty sure, like, I went to like it, but it was already liked because you definitely saw it type thing. And then I rediscovered it because, like, Theater's Life post on Twitter being like, drop the album. Like, we need the (laughs) album. So I do. My obsession this week is the uh, Josh Henry, Gavin Creel um, mashup of Stay With Me, Sam Smith, and then stay with me from into wow. the woods it is so beautiful and like talk about masterclass performances that show is housing some of the best voices on broadway as well as like the best actors on broadway but like vocally no one is better than the people that are on stage
0: Josh Henry, I mean, Rapunzel's prince is kind of a, a nothing character, but Josh Henry is so underused in that show.
1: But, but like, I imagine everybody is, like, almost underused in that show,
0: in some I don't think, sense. like, Philippa Sue is not, Gavin Creel is not. I mean, some of the characters are bigger and some of them are smaller, but the way that they cast every single person as a star What about, like, that, Julia Lester? No, she's perfectly used. She's, she's used a lot. No, Josh Henry and Rapunzel really don't have very much to do. Oh, interesting. Um, which they never really do, but... Because it's Josh Henry, I'm like, I just would like to hear Josh the sing smooth everything. The stylings
1: of Josh I Henry. I want to hear him sing every single I know. song. That
0: Who was who used perfectly? Kennedy Kanagawa playing Milky White. <laughs> the star of Into the Woods. We knew before I'm not even knew. joking. I'm not even joking.
1: <laughs> we knew, the though. The as, no. as soon as it came out at City Center. Like, encores. We, we knew. knew. And yeah. then seeing
0: it, I'm like, we didn't, yeah, this you didn't guy. Know. He's so, so funny. It's so good. Yeah.
1: Milky um, White. And then also, uh, on TikTok, just as, like, the second, like, collab, he did one with Julia Lester, um, which was I Know Things Now slash You Gotta Be, like, Desiree, that one is also Mm. really, really good, but, like, I don't know, Josh Henry and and Gavin Creel singing together, like, release, release the mashup album, (laughs) I would download it. They are doing an Into the Woods cast, um, recording, so whenever yes. that comes out i, will I can't wait be i'm to waiting
0: it. for it to come out so i can listen to it along along with it and like follow along with my book it's actually in the other one it's in look i made a hat not finishing the hat oh. but i want to like wait for that to, to come out so i can follow along with the lyrics yeah um and like read all the notes and the intro and everything that's fun
1: um so that is our very very long <laughs> episode um discussing company um I'm sure company will come up, like, again when we do a year-end review and discuss performances. <laughs> but until then, um, yeah, like I said on our last episode, we have a lot of, like, exciting things coming up, including an interview that we are so super
0: excited for. This is a tease. What a tease.
1: Um, I'm not telling you who it's no, with. No, no. And it's also not coming out for, like a couple of weeks actually it might be the next episode you'll Maybe never know that. um until it until it actually comes out but this is something we're like really 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 excited about so to listen to that interview as well as all of our other episodes you can subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts we would really appreciate it if you left us a rating and a review on apple Podcasts. and you can also watch us on youtube and don't forget to subscribe
0: and you can follow us on twitter and instagram at off Two be podcast that's the number too and leave us a comment if you made it to the end of this episode if you made it through an hour and you aren't our mothers and and you aren't our mothers (laughs) yeah i i i know mom is a supporter but if you're if you don't know us personally please leave a comment i want to know okay and um we will see you guys next time bye